Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pole Position Podcast and live, as usual, twitch.tv slash fruitbar. Shout out to Earth is not a spinning wheel who just hit the follow button. It's that easy? Twitch.tv slash fruitbar. And then you can join the chat and be part of the craziness. Uh, coming up, how do you really feel about crowds? I demand to be called a doctor and drone etiquette. We've got to narrow this down. We will. We will. We I truly, deeply, down deep in the subcockles of my heart, fully expect at some point in the podcast, we might actually be homeworked out. Like, I might actually go to my mail someday, nightside at email.com. I might wander into my email bin, and there there might be absolutely zero homework. Zero. None. None. Zero. Not today, though. Uh, If you don't know what we're talking about on the homework... A whole bunch of podcasts ago, I said, hey, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to help us out, whatever you're doing right now listening to the podcast, just send me an email, nightside at email.com, and say, hey, John, this is, I'm walking, I'm sitting in the park, I'm knitting, whatever you're doing when you listen to the podcast. And then that way it gives us a picture, we frame the content around what you do, and try and make it better for you. Plus, it's just kind of cool because at the end of the day, I have no idea. So it just connects us a little bit. So I go to the email bin and there's some days there's a bunch. Some days there's one. Uh, Some days I expect there'll be nothing. Not yet, though. So we start with the homework uh, mostly because the great pacer is with us in the chat right now. Great pacer's here. Drew's here. James Woodhood's here. Realtor Ray is here. We, we have Earth is not a spinning wheel. We, we are jamming in the chat right now. Twitch.tv slash fruitbar. Jamming. Jammed. And uh, from the homework, here, here is what the email said. Hey, John, it's a great pacer here. I'm enjoying the podcast. The podcast is better than your radio program because there's no annoying traffic and weather interruptions. I listen live on twitch.tv while doing supper dishes the nights that I can, and I enjoy being part of the group. It's like hanging out with friends. Excellent endorsement for being part of the chat. If I miss an episode, I try to listen slash catch up on another podcast platform, for example, Spotify. I use it to listen to the station I no longer mention at nights. Since they cut you in the night side, I stopped listening to them at night. The new guy that took your slot on that station is beyond terrible. He will not last long. Keep up the great work with the podcast. Cheers and stay safe, bud. The Great Pacer. Well, uh, Great Pacer, I appreciate your love and your note. And I thank you for being here and, of course, uh, supporting the podcast and you know, bonus points for just getting your homework done. Because, you know, as adults, we don't get homework very much, but I'm going to give you an A, Mr. Pacer. 
the great pacer. Absolutely uh, love that name. So we start with vacations because here we sit at tail end of April when we're recording this podcast. Maybe you're thinking about a vacation. If you're like me, you're thinking, what the hell would I do if I went on vacation? I guess tent in the front yard. I guess, I don't know, maybe when things open up, you go visit a friend. I don't know if a lot of people are jumping on planes. Uh, I don't know if the border opens up. Canadians are just, you know, like a tidal wave into the U.S., down to Florida. I have no idea. The sense that I get from many Canadians, the people in my little circle of influence and trust in my family and such, is there's not a rush. It's, it's kind of a wait-and-see feel. That said, we've read reports here on the podcast of cruise companies already booking and people loving the idea of getting out on a cruise. Uh, we've seen other parts of the world, like the Texases and the Floridas, uh, start to open up and, and they're booming and they're busy. So I, I kind of hope we get back to that normal, but I sense there's still a little bit of reluctancy. Well, according to a new survey, as the temperatures are going up, so are the vaccination rates and a little bit of a desire to get out and travel. A lot of people are ditching, ditching staycations in favor of something less pandemic. More than two-thirds of those say they plan to travel for a vacation this summer. Uh, this is according to TripAdvisor. Of those traveling, 74% say they're going to stay domestic. 13% are ready to do international travel. Uh, the hottest amenities following the pandemic are clean hotels with free cancellations because you never know when a wave is going to pop up, right? And those that have dine-in options. So people are looking to say, hey, look, I'll go to somewhere, but while I'm there, I'm still going to stay somewhat secluded. So you got to give me some dine-in op options. Uh, beach getaways are the top choices. Florida and Mexico are your most popular destinations. And 58% uh, of the people traveling say, um, you know, traveling is a pain in the butt. And that was before the pandemic. And a lot of people say it might actually be better now because there's going to be less people traveling. So maybe it'll be easier for me. Hard to say. Uh, other things that annoy people when they travel, uh, checking into flights and hotels, agreed. Packing clothes. Look, I'll be honest with you. I, I have packing clothes down to a duffel bag. That's what I take when I travel. If I need more than a duffel bag for a vacation, I'm not going. I like going to Florida. I go to my mom and dad's place. I take a duffel bag, a couple pairs of shorts, a pair of jeans, a few t-shirts. That's it. Gone. I don't, I don't want to bring 50 things. got to hang up. No. If I really want it, I'll buy it when I'm there. And um, waking up early is another one. Yeah. It, there is something like when you're like, I always buy the cheap flight, so I'm always waking up early to get on that cheap flight. And it's like, oh, man, I don't know if I need to be up at 3 a.m. <laughs> to go somewhere. So I don't know if you're planning a summer vacation. I, I hope, my fingers are crossed, that all of us can get a sweet summer vacation in because that would just be great for all of us, wouldn't it? Just to be able to actually do something different than look at the same four walls. So I'm hoping and I'm cheering you on. I really, really am. Great Pacer in the chat says, thanks, John, for the grade A honest homework. You are welcome, man. If I was a teacher, I would give you 
a sticker on your, your page with a big red check mark A circled. Just like the old days. That's what I do for you, my man. I saw something very strange. I don't know if you've noticed this. Uh, this morning in my feed, I get a lot of hockey fe- things in my feed. So there was highlights from a Tampa Bay game. And in the highlights, I noticed something that was very strange. They scored a goal in overtime. That was the highlight. And you could see people stand up and cheer. They were standing up and cheering. When what was weird about it was they were actually in the building. Tampa has people in the building now. And I would imagine there's maybe even other NHL teams that have people in the building. We don't see that in Canada because if you're watching the Habs, the Leafs, the Senators, whatever, it's just Canadian teams playing Canadian teams, and we don't have anybody. But I saw this highlight. It seemed weird, which is, you know how you watch like a, a, a an NHL highlight from the 80s, and along the boards there's no advertising, and it just feels weird? That's what this felt like. It felt weird. Well... Many of us are saying, because this is the question I've had. When you think of things like hockey games and festivals and concerts, will people go back or will they be reluctant because of crowds? I don't know about you, but before the current lockdown we're in, my wife and I needed to get some stuff. So we, we did a run to Home Depot when you could still go in the store. And I said to her when we left, I said, you know, that felt uncomfortable. Like there was just there, there was. There weren't many people in the store, but like it felt like all the stupid people were there. The people that weren't following arrows, people that weren't respecting spaces, like all the stupid people were there. And I said, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I was comfortable with that. Well, according to a new survey, 65% of us say we can no longer tolerate crowds. In fact, we'll do everything in our power to avoid standing in line. I was always like that. I don't stand in line for phones. I don't stand in line for movies. I don't really stand in line for rides. I'll buy the quick queue pass. I don't like standing in line. I know some people do, but it's it's not my thing. Uh, The pandemic has changed our tolerance for minor inconveniences. 61% of people say they get annoyed now easier than ever before. Um, I feel like that, judges. Correct answer. Thought so. Simple tasks like eating and drinking, unlocking their phone, and wearing glasses. Uh, people struggle because of masks and gloves. I, I, look, I've not had the eating and drinking mask problem. Unlocking the phone because of having gloves on. Okay, I've been there. And the glasses, I've had a huge problem with. But I survived. I survived. Six and ten said they would rather use their phone to message someone rather to speak to them face to face. Think about that for a second. Someone would rather use their phone to communicate with someone rather than talk face-to-face. That's sad to me. Like, I I don't really like talking on the phone, and I don't really love texting. And I don't really like talking to people face-to-face because I generally don't like people, but I'm not going to lie to you. I've had these dreams recently where I'm actually inviting people to my home for dinner. And... You know, we're sitting on the deck and the music's playing and we're having fun. So somewhere deep in my subconscious, I know that I want to talk to people again in person. I don't know why, but I do. 
Another 63% said they would rather uh, solve an annoying pandemic error problem by phone and text. And in fact, people would rather text or message for everything. They'd rather have the refund uh, by text. Uh, They would rather chat to doctors on the phone or on text. They don't want to talk to people anymore. That's sad. As someone who actually, like, usually would subscribe to that. Like, I, I like... I like, I'm not a big crazy people person. I mean, I, I can get out into crowd and I can be friendly and I like talking to people, but I'm not the guy that's like, oh my God, it's Friday night. I got to get out and talk to people. I, I like chilling by myself too or with my family. So I'm okay with that. But yeah, more people are on my side and I'm putting my hand up saying that's weird. You don't want to be here all the time. I want everyone to mingle. Mingling's good. It's healthy. It's healthy. Uh, Coming up, maybe one of the craziest stories I've ever heard on many different levels. Something I do want you to do if you have a chance, uh, go to thepolleposition.ca, thepolleposition.ca, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Most importantly, that that throws your email into our email list so that we can send you anything. We're not going to jam you up with emails out the wazoo or anything. Uh, But if something happens where you need to know something, you'll be on the inside. We'll have your email. You'll be good to go. So make sure you subscribe to thepolleposition.ca. Of course, you also do get a notice every time the new podcast goes live. That way, you are never out of the loop. In the chat, Drew says, John, I get annoyed after two or three texts in a row from the same person. And at that point, I say, just call me. Yes. Yes. My wife just sent me six texts in a row about her not being able to log into an exercise video. And I finally just said, just call me and I'll walk you through it. She's like, we figured it out. Then why'd you send me the six texts? (laughs) I'm with you on that one, Drew. 100%. 100%. So, this, this is a weird story. This isn't the craziest one, but this one is weird. You, you know how some people are called doctor, right? They, they've gone to school and they are a doctor. And there was a lot of hubbubaloo about, um, Jill Biden, of course, the, the wife of the president, the first lady. Because she is a doctor, but she's a doctor of literature, I think it is. Like, she's not a medical doctor. She's an academic doctor. And, of course, some people are like, well, you're an academic doctor. I don't know that I have to call you doctor. And the bottom line is sort of like, hey, if someone did the work and they have the title, you know, you can call them by it. For me personally, I'm not a big fan of titles. Like, I'll call my doctor, doctor, whatever, but usually I just call him doc because I don't need to call someone who's younger than me. (laughs) Like he doesn't call me, sir. He doesn't call me, mister. I walk through the door. He calls me John. So I call him doc. You know, if 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 I walk through the door and he said, Mr. Paul, then I would say, well, doctor, your last name, then we might have a conversation. But if he calls me by my first name, that means we've brought the hierarchy of of names down, I'm calling you Doc. That's how it's working. What's up, Doc? Now, I'm not a doctor. Uh, The closest I am is Dr. Johnny Fever. But if I was a doctor and you didn't call me doctor, I don't think I'd be upset. Just like I never get upset that, you know, my kids' friends, they don't call me Mr. Pole. They'd be like, hi, John. A lot of them call me JP. They came up with that on their own, which I'm fine with. I just like, if you're nice to me, I don't care what you call me. 
But in Greensboro, North Carolina, an official was kicked off a city zoning commission after he repeatedly ignored a woman's request to be addressed by her doctoral title doctor while they were in a virtual public meeting. Tony Collins was removed after his tense exchange with Dr. Carrie Rosario, an associate professor at UNC in Greensboro, who holds a doctorate in public health. Here's a portion of what happened where Collins refuses to acknowledge her title. We're here to approve the standards, and if Mrs. Rosario has something about one of it's those It's Dr. Standards, Rosario. Thank you, sir. Mrs. Rosario has something Do- about Dr. Rosario. Of, well, you know, I, I'm sorry. Your it's name okay. says on here, Carrie Rosario. Hey, Carrie. Yes. Um, it's Dr. Got, Rosario. you got something. Please, sir, uh, yeah. call me as I would like to be called. That's how I'm identified. It, it doesn't really matter. We're here it to matters to me. Voting. It matters to me. And out of respect, I would like you to call me by the name that I'm asking you to call me by. Thank you. Your screen says Carrie Rosario. I'm verbalizing. My name is Dr. Carrie Rosario. And it really speaks very negatively of you as a commissioner to be disrespectful. Now, I agree with her in the sense that it would be very easy for him to just apologize and say, oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Rosario, and move on. Right? Like, that would be easy to do. But at the same time, It just seems like a nonsense argument. Like, what are we really arguing about? We're here trying to discuss the health of people in our community. Why are we having this debate? Now, earlier in the night, uh, someone else made the mistake of not calling her doctor, but they immediately apologized. You know, Ms. Rosario, the... It's Dr. Rosario, um, by the way. I don't, I really don't want to offend you in that regard. So, Dr. Rosario, I do apologize for that. No problem. Now, again... I would think, I can only speak for me, if I'm Dr. Rosario, and on my screen on Zoom it says John Rosario, and someone calls me Mr. Rosario, I, I'm not correcting you. I'm not saying, oh, it's, it's doctor. I'm not doing that. It's not happening. I'm also just going to move on. People call me John Paul all the time. I never correct them. Why? I don't care. I know, I know what they're trying to say. They're being nice to me. I don't really care. Now, if it's someone that I really know, and I know that they're going to feel awkward when they find out that my name is not John Paul, uh, I might say, you know, just so you know, people screw that up all the time. It's John Paul. But if it's just a random person, like on my radio show, when people would call up and go, hey, John Paul, what's up? I didn't need to correct them. They'll figure it out on their own. There's a gazillion promos and big voice guys saying my name. I don't care. It was crazy because on the radio show, it was always funny because as soon as someone called me John Paul, the people on the text would get mad and be like, why is that guy calling you John Paul? Like, I I don't know why, but I think it's funny. (laughs) That's why I never correct it. Anyway, uh, Dr. Rosario, I don't want to get in trouble, uh, later said that she believed Collins was being intentionally disrespectful. I was very frustrated by... uh the disregard for such a simple request. It's been my experience as a young black woman with a doctoral degree that I've often been dismissed. It felt like maybe, you know, he he didn't want to show me that, that respect. Maybe that's possible. Or it's also possible that when you started jamming doctor down his face, he was just like, wait a minute, like, why are we talking about this? If you want to have a stink over this, we're going to have a stink over that. 
Because, you know, there are some people that act like that too, right? As soon as you get up in their face about something nonsensical, they're like, okay, I'm not dropping this. I'm not going to say I've done that. It's possible that I've done that. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Uh, Former Commissioner Collins uh, called Dr. Rosario, left a voicemail apology. Uh, Rosario was asked whether she thought the incident was either racist or sexist. I did see that. You know, this is uh, at the intersection of both racism and sexism, even if it's not something that was intent in Mr. Collins's heart. Do you accept his apology? I accept the apology. I have no ill will towards Mr. Collins. I don't know how you can say, like, how can you say this is the intersection of racism and sexism, even if it's not in his heart? Again, to me, we didn't know. We we played the audio. I didn't know whether she was black, white, tall, short, fat, thin. I don't know what she looks like. But I heard someone just, you know, wanting to get the doctor in. That's what I heard. And I don't know that Collins handled it that well. Buddy should have probably just apologized and moved on. But both of them spent a lot of time over something that really don't mean squat. And look, I get if you go to school and you want to be called a doctor, you want to be called a doctor, uh, whatever. I've spent my whole life getting older, and at some point, someone should call me Mister. But if you don't, I'm not. I'm not going to be like, uh, uh, it's Mister. It's Mister. Just call me Brother Love. Brother Love. From now on, I don't ever want to. Re- never call me John again. From now on, Brother Love. Brother Love. <laughs> Drew now wants to be called Doctor Drew immediately, or Doctor M. Uh, again, the stuff people get get their panties in a knot about sometimes uh, actually surprises me. Now, this is the craziest story I've heard in a while on a lot of levels because it, it, it's, it's nonsensical. But when you actually take a moment and you step back and you think about how this has actually impacted this woman, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Karen McBride tried to change the name on her driver's license when she got married. Very normal. People do that every day. Well, the office, when she was there trying to change the name on her driver's license, they found out there was an outstanding warrant for felony embezzlement. She had an outstanding warrant for felony embezzlement. Why? You'd think she would know that. Well, she didn't because she had not returned a VHS for the millennials. That's how we used to watch movies to her rental store in 2000, so 20-some-odd years ago. So the DMV said, look, you've got to call the Oklahoma District Attorney's Office where you used to live because they're the ones that can straighten this out. And she's like, i got to find out what the heck's going on, and that's where she found out the story. The first thing she told me was felony embezzlement, so I thought I was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> what? Uh, she doesn't remember even renting the movie. The movie, by the way, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So it wasn't even one of these ones that was saluted in the Oscars ever. They rented it from a video store, uh, but she actually figured out what maybe happened. I had lived with a young man. This was over 20 years ago. He had two kids, daughters that were 8, 10, 11 years old. And I'm thinking he went and got it. And didn't take it back or something. I don't know. I have never watched that show in my entire life. Meanwhile, I'm a wanted felon for a VHS tape. Let's be honest. If you did watch Sabrina Teenage Witch, I think you would probably immediately tell everyone 
you didn't watch it. Like, so that, I mean, like, just, I can't take you at face value there, Karen. I'm sorry. But here's the crazy part. Like, obviously, that's a a weird thing to have happened. We, you know, we've heard about the be kind rewind and the fines for not returning videos and all that kind of stuff. The, by the way, the store is now closed. But here's how it impacted her life. Drew says <laughs> she shouldn't, she should want to change her name from Karen. <laughs> That's probably true. Anyway, because of this charge, like you got to remember every job she's applied for, if anyone does a, a, um, a police records check, you know how they do that? When some jobs, they'll, they'll run you through the system. It showed that there's a warrant for felony embezzlement. So she thinks that this charge may have been responsible for her not getting jobs in the past. This is why, because when they ran my criminal background check, all they're seeing is those two words, felony embezzlement. So she probably didn't get jobs for the past 20 some odd years and just thought, oh, I didn't get it because I guess I wasn't good enough, better applicants. Meanwhile, she's probably going to get the job. They ran her through the machine. They're like, no, sorry, felony embezzlement. You're out over Sabrina, the teenage witch. Can you imagine your life, how your life could be different over a 20 year span if that wasn't on her record? Also, it's very strange to me that that would get to that level felony embezzlement for for not returning a like what's what's that worth at most 40 bucks <laughs> like it's, it's not like it was like she stole the original script or something like it's like she got one of a million copies of an average movie at best anyhow is that not crazy so you might want to just do a quick check you might want like it, it, I, i'm kind of joking but i'm kind of not because if you're on your background there's some ridiculous thing like that it's probably better to know now than 20 years later right it's nuts it's nutty cuckoo (sighs) all right now this story is about guys but it could be about women so whatever you're up to doesn't matter i just want you to personalize it so if you're a man, personalize it. If you're a woman, personalize it. How? Just personalize it. That's what I want you to do. Craig is here. Craig, welcome uh, to the podcast slash chat. I want you to personalize this story, okay? So this guy in Japan, he's been arrested because he's been juggling 35 girlfriends. Why? Endless birthday gifts. Mm-hmm. He supplied all these women with different birth dates throughout the year. So that basically every month he was celebrating a birthday. He had all these women that he was juggling, all of them thinking that, oh, it's my man's birthday's next month. I'll get him a gift. But then the next month, a different woman was like, My man's birthday's this month. I'll get him a gift. <laughs> like it's kind of kind of genius if you like gifts i'm just saying it's kind of genius if you like gifts it's not for me but you know uh takahashi is his name he's pretending to have all these different uh birthdays he's accused of defrauding them by pretending to be romantically interested in them in order to get gifts which were about 900 bucks 
He is 39, but his real birthday is in November. However, he's accused of telling three women that it was on February 22nd in April and in July. And every time he met women, he would give them a different date. He was a hydrogen shower head salesman. <laughs> hey, look, everyone's got a different gig. But you're at a party. And we're all talking. And, and I look over at Craig. I'm like, hey, Craig, what do you do for a living? Craig's like, I drive an armored truck. I'm like, cool. He's like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a broadcaster. Got a bunch of radio things that I do. Got a podcast. Do a Twitch stream. You know, I'm kind of a big deal. Oh, that's cool. Hey, uh, Takahashi, what do you do? Oh, I'm a hydrogen shower head salesman. Get the hell out of here, Takahashi. You have no good stories for us. <laughs> then he's like, but wait a minute. Here's what I do to women to get birthday presents. Oh, Takahashi, you get back over here. I want to hear that story. He uh, began each relationship under the assumption that marriage was in the cards. So he started with women that are looking for the one. And he played into their desires to be the one. <laughs> he conned at least 35 women uh, before the scorned sugar mamas banded together and reported the scoundrel to the police. Now, I'm not advising you to do what he did. I think it's wrong. However... I think we need to get to Hollywood immediately and we need to write this movie because I think it could work. You get someone like Will Smith. He's out there schmoozing the women. He's getting the gifts. Then he finds one woman that he actually does love. Meanwhile, he's got 34 other women circling around him like a shark. He's got to somehow figure out how to make it good on them and somehow do it in a way that he keeps number 35 so that he can be with the woman he truly loves. Meanwhile, there's a reporter that's stirring and trying to find out the details, and there's a bumbling detective that's trying to locate him to put him in hot water. That's a Hollywood movie. I don't want to write it. Just give me five points. Send me a check immediately. <laughs> that said, we, we, we could look at this story another way, which I wrote on the title of the page, and I wrote, would it be worth it? <laughs> would dealing with 35 boyfriends and or girlfriends, like juggling them like apples in the air, would that be worth it for some birthday gifts? I think it's way too much work. You got to have a pretty serious set of skills for organizing and remembering and calling and talking and telling stories and oh it sounds exhausting craig says john that's definitely a dick move but is it really a crime well they're suggesting it's a fraud so <laughs> i don't know that i'd want to do that much work like i know how much work my wife is like it's a lot of work to remember all the stuff i'm supposed to remember add 34 i don't think i'm gonna well that's maybe why he got caught maybe he's not that good at it I like that they're all older than them because they're all called sugar mamas. I guess that doesn't mean they're older, but it means they've been pampering him with gifts. <laughs> you know, he's going to come out with some, he's got like some addiction problem. I'm addicted to presents. He's going to have something like that. That's what's coming. Mark it down. Mark it down. Uh, we do have uh, some second shot problems. 
we have them in Canada because we don't have second shots. But in some places on the planet where they do have available uh, vaccines, they're having second shot problems. I'll explain that in just a second. First, though, I don't know how I feel about this guy. Like, I'm kind of glad it turned out well. But it starts out, this guy lost everything in a flood a couple years ago. So he lost everything. He's 29. And we've seen these stories of floods. We saw them in Montreal. We saw them in Michigan. Uh, We saw them in Nashville a bunch of years. Like, floods are just heartbreaking because you see people that uh, are outside their homes in a kayak and their wedding photo album is floating through the water, right? Like, it's just, it's heartbreaking because you know all that stuff is not only ruined. Like, at least in a fire, it's all gone. It's just char. But in a flood, you actually see your stuff and you you are aware that it's just no good anymore. And then you have to do something with it, right? So this guy lost everything in a flood. Well, he's been buying scratch-off lottery tickets and he found one. He, he was scratching away. It's called Lucky Sevens. Seven, he says, is a lucky number for him. Likely story. Most say that. So he bought one of these tickets. He was scratching it off. He got back in the car. He thought he had a match where he was like going to get his money back. So he was like, yeah, I got my money back. And then he actually found out he had won $2 million. Two million bucks on the scratch. Here comes the money. Money. Yep. Here comes the money. (laughs) Of course. We have to remember the dude's from Michigan, so he's got to play tax on that that puppy. But he'll still come out ahead. He's going to pay off bills and save what's left of his winnings. He says, knowing my kids will be taken care of is the best feeling in the world. As a dad, couldn't agree more. But again, I, I don't want to be Johnny bring the story down, but if you've lost everything, like everything, why are you playing the lotto? Like, I, he won. He's proving me wrong because he won. And that's great. But how many times do people lose? They don't have the money to be playing the lotto, but they're still playing the lotto because they're they're chasing that dream. Now, again, he proved me wrong because it paid off for him. And I guess that's good. And I like that he said, hey, it's I feel good about my kids being you know, so I, as a dad, I understand that. But if you can't afford it, you can't you can't be doing the <laughs> you can't be doing you can't be doing the lotto. I just had to pause there because I'm looking for a story that I know I printed, but it's not on my list. Ah, you know what? I don't even need it. I can explain it to you. I had that good a memory. Drone etiquette. I've been harping now for the past bunch of years that we need some drone etiquette. Here's what happened to a guy in the States. And I can't actually believe this is happening to him. So in the States, he had to actually get FAA approval to be able to fly his drone because whatever size of drone he has... He needed FAA approval. So he went through these classes and he got FAA approval to do the droning. So he, as a part-time gig, he started a little business where he would take drones, he would fly them up in the air, and he would shoot real estate for real estate agents. You've probably seen the videos that they have for like high-end properties or really big properties like farms and stuff just so people can get a good aerial view of okay here's where the driveway comes in there's where the pool is whatever like this is not crazy so he's been doing that 
Well, in the midst of doing that, some real estate agent said, hey, while you're up there, can you give us a sense as to the footprint of the property? Meaning, can you show us where you know, the fence line is? Can you show us sort of how the acreage sits on the, on the parcel of street? Like, we just want to get a sense of, of how big the property is. So he'd been doing that. And when he provided that to real estate agents, he made it very clear that this was not a survey. It was not a survey. It was just literally a picture where he would put on some lines and show kind of an outline of, of what the property looks like. All of that makes sense to me because a lot of people, when it comes to buying properties, they don't necessarily desperately need a survey. They're just like, okay, if I got a ballpark idea that it goes from the telephone post over there to that rock, okay, that's it. I'm not building anything. Just want to know. And that's basically what he was doing. Well, the land surveys and surveyors in the area they found out that he was doing this and they put in a complaint with the faa and the faa said oh you're not allowed to survey you're illegally surveying (laughs) and they banned him from flying the drone so now he's losing out on all this business is that not crazy like land surveying is a very incredible skill i don't know that drawing pictures based on a picture from the sky I don't think it's the same thing. I don't think the expectations of the customer are the same. But you know what's happened since? Land surveyors are now like, well, we're going to get our FA license and start doing this. So they just basically want to cut off his business because they kind of want it for themselves. And of course, he's like, well, I don't want to become a land survey. I just want to be able to fly my drone and take some pictures. (laughs) So, Again, drone etiquette. It's new. We've had all the problems of people flying over people's houses while they're sunbathing nude in the background. I remember there's a story a bunch of years ago where I still don't believe that no one noticed, but they took a picture of a house from overhead and they put it on all the advertisements for the house that they were trying to sell. And if you looked at the picture and you really paid attention to it, you could see the woman next door in her backyard sunbathing topless. (laughs) How How does no one notice that? So these drones, you got to have some etiquette of what, where you're allowed to go and what you're allowed to do. That I didn't think would be a problem. I would have been that guy. I would have been like, hey, yeah, I'm up in the sky. Oh, can you show us the lot line? Yeah, I can give you a little tour of the lot line. I'll draw it on a marker on the picture, send it to you. Got him in trouble. Got him in trouble. I didn't see that coming. Did not see that coming. All right, uh, so the uh, second shot in Canada... We've had, I know Quebec and Ontario have both been holding up the second shot if you're doing the Moderna or the Pfizer shots. Uh, You're supposed to get them four weeks after the initial injection, but those provinces have said, no, no, we're going to do it, like, I think some are actually multiple months after the original injection, even though the instructions clearly say four weeks. I don't know what it is about humans. We don't like following instructions. Like we buy stuff from Ikea. We're like, not going to read the instructions. I'll just put it together. Our car light goes on for gas, right? Goes on for gas. And we're like, that doesn't mean anything. We just don't like warnings or instructions as a race, as a species. So we know in Ontario and Quebec, um, Craig's saying it's four months in Quebec. I I think it's about the same in Canada because my mother-in-law got her shot last this month, a couple of weeks ago, and I think she said July. I think my parents said the same. So it's it's a bunch of months. And they're doing it because they're trying to, you know, take the vaccines and spread them out and get as many people shot as possible because we have 
a lack of vaccines. Well, in the United States, they don't have that problem. So in the United States, they've actually been following the instructions when it comes to Moderna, when it comes to Pfizer. They've been asking uh, everybody to come back and get their second shot. Here's what they're finding out, because again, the human condition is such that we don't like to follow instructions. They say that there are millions of people in the States that have gotten their original jab, but are skipping the second dose. Their theory is that some people think, eh, I got enough protection, I'm good to go. Just get me back to a party, get me back to a concert. Uh, other people say that maybe it's because after they got the jab, their arm blew up, they felt sick for a few days, and they're like, I'm not having any more of that, I'm good. And other people feel that, uh, you know, they're just not interested. They're like, lazy, pass, too much work, I'm good. <laughs> Can you believe that? So we have... People that have access to vaccines can follow the directions and are still choosing not to for a variety of reasons. They just say, look, um, we've got to do a better job at letting people know they got to get that second jab. (laughs) James Woodhood said he got his first shot in March uh, at the 25th and second shot July 15th. Yeah, my parents, I think, are right in that exact same wheelhouse. Uh, And the problem is experts at this point, they don't know how long uh, the protection will last. The latest projections uh, from the uh, CDC, 8% of Americans who got their first dose of Moderna or Pfizer are eligible for their second dose, but have not received it yet. So when you look at our problem in Canada and you go, well, you know, James Woodhead's like four months, whatever it is. It's a problem, but even if it wasn't a problem, my point is this, it'd still be a problem. There's still people that it would be like, hey, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I put my request in. I followed all the rules. I've heard nothing back. I will go when they tell me to go. That's my plan. And when they want to give me the second one, I'll take the second one. And I'm doing it purely because my mom asked me to. My mom doesn't ask. I'm probably not in a rush. That's just me. I'm not against it. I'm for it. I'm just, as we've already stated in this podcast, I'm not around a lot of people. So, <laughs> hey, there's somebody who needs it more than I do. That's how I feel. That's me doing my part. I could be wrong. But my mom asked me to do it. So when my mom asks, I do it. I don't, I don't mess around with mom. I don't. Big news coming not. soon. Great news. In other news. Oh, in other news. In other news. Yeah, in other news, uh, stories you can share with your family and friends. Uh, tell them you heard it on the podcast. We're doing the Spotify. We're doing Google. We're doing Apple. Uh, we're everywhere. iHeartRadio. So you just tell your friends. You got to listen to the poll position. I actually had someone ask me the other day. They're like, hey, what is the poll position? I'm like, that's my podcast. Like, oh, I'll go listen to it. Oh, well, thank you. You do the same. Spread the word. It's important. I got to do it. You got to do it. That's how we take over the world. It's the only way we'll get there. Uh, anyway, in stories that you uh, might want to share with a bunch of people, uh, there's been a lot of talk about going to Mars, right? And when you hear stories about going to Mars, of course, uh, Elon Musk is always at the center of that with his whole uh, SpaceX deal. Well, Elon, I think, is a very truthful, crazy man. And, and, and by crazy, I mean he's a crazy dreamer. And he does some crazy things. Uh, but I think when you're a, a madman, 
mad genius like him, it's going to happen. It's part of the cost of doing business. However, uh, as the founder of SpaceX, he says he has this dream for humans uh, to get to Mars by 2026. Okay, that's not that far away. But he says, look, it's, it's not going to be easy. That's the truthful part. Yeah, going to Mars reads like that ad book for, for Shackleton going to the Antarctic. It's dangerous. It's uncomfortable. You might not you know, come back alive, but it's a glorious adventure and uh, it'll be an amazing experience. Where you may not come back alive sounds appealing. A glorious adventure, dot, 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 you may not come back alive. Now, I don't know that I would put that on the brochures, my man. Like, uh, you know, some people die on cruises, but they don't have that on their, their brochures. They don't like, hey, Carnival Cruise Lines, it's amazing, but some people die. They don't put that in the brochure, my man. He says, look, we got to be honest. If you're going to Mars, people are going to die. I, I mean, honestly, a bunch of people probably will die in the beginning. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> tough sledding over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not forever. We don't want to make anyone go. So it's, like, <laughs> it's volunteers only. <laughs> look, some people are going to die, my man. Their heads are going to explode. We don't even know. They might throw up and die. They might have diarrhea. We don't know. They're going to die. It's good stuff. At least he's honest, right? He's probably right, too. We're not sending people to Mars and no one's going to die. It's not going to happen. We, we haven't figured out how people travel. You know, people can't travel from Canada to Florida without dying. Like, that happens. People can't fly in a jet problem-free. They die. So you got to think that Mars trip. You guys go to Mars. You let me know when it's perfected, when the odds go down of me dying. And you know what? Still, I don't think I'm going. Like 2026 isn't that long away. So let's call it 2036. Okay, we'll throw a bunch of years on it. I still don't think at 2036 I'm ready to go. I think I kind of like Earth. I don't, I don't feel the need to leave Earth. Yet. <laughs> I mean, I've seen enough movies where we all have to race for a ship to get to a certain spot on the earth so we don't die. Obviously, I've been telling you to watch Snow Train on Netflix. It's called Snowpiercer. I call it Snow Train. Uh, you know, I, if you're not on the train, you're dead. The only way to stay alive is to be on a train. Okay. That actually sounds more appealing to me than going to Mars. But hey, you know, to each their own. <laughs> to each their own. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, the Gronk, he is a uh, famous uh, footballer. Plays the football for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, won the Super Bowl. Good buddies with Tom Brady. Of course, he used to play for the Patriots. Again, some people wake up with goals, and I, I admire them when they, when they accomplish them. I just don't understand these goals. Uh, this guy, he was at the University of Arizona. That's where he went to school. And he's made the Guinness Book of World Records uh, for setting uh, the longest football catch. He caught a football that was dropped from a helicopter 600 feet above ground. <laughs> now, I don't know who says, hey, Gronk, while you're here, let's get a helicopter, see if you can catch a football. But they did. We're going to have one more final catch here at Arizona Stadium. We're going to have the highest altitude catch that's ever been done in the world. 600 feet in the air. We're going to have a helicopter drop a ball. Straight down, and we're going to set a Guinness Book of World Record right here in front of all of you guys. Come on, baby. Let's go. I feel like we could come up with something equally ridiculous. 
right? <laughs> By the way, Gronk dropped the first two balls. I'm ready. If you want to give it a shot, we're at 640 feet, actually. All right, I'm ready. Here we go. All right, let it rip. <laughs> it sounds like they're going to Mars. He got the he got it on the third try. You gotta raise that bar to another level, baby. Yeah. And I'll just raise that bar to this level. Yeah. I guess it's a. Uh, some sort of bragging rights, like if you're on the field and you're like, hey, I've won a bunch of Super Bowls and I have the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest football catch. What do you got? Well, maybe no one can compete with that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that most people give a crap, but way to go, Gronk. Have another beer, my man. Have another beer. Uh, meanwhile, uh, TikTok is like one of the fastest growing social media. Kids love it. Uh, moms and dads have been getting into it, which means kids will stop loving it. Uh, but uh, Kat Camilla is a flight attendant, and she's been a flight attendant for five years. And on her TikTok, she gives up all these secrets to air travel. So she revealed in a recent TikTok what crew members are really doing when they greet passengers on their way to their seats. Have you ever walked on a plane and saw the flight attendant standing right here greeting you? Or the flight attendants walking up and down the aisle? Well, I'm about to tell you what we're really doing. So when you're walking on the airplane and you see our happy smiley face, we're actually looking you up and down and we are trying to find our ABPs. And what that is called is our able-bodied people. So this is people who are going to help us in an emergency. Okay, that makes sense. That's not really news to me. I, I figured they were doing that because it makes sense. Uh, she shared even a more dramatic reason why they're uh, closely looking at us. Besides for looking for things that don't belong on the plane, like a box full of like liquid on the side, we're looking for human trafficking. It happens a lot in the industry. And our passenger safety is our number one priority. So we're just looking for things that look off. All right. That's cool. Again, makes sense. Uh, she says, here's a pro tip if you want free drinks. This is the number one way that you can get a free drink on your next flight. So if you're sitting in your seat and your monitor or air conditioning or something is broken and we can't fix it, we can give you free complimentary drinks to make up for that little mishap. So don't be shy. If something's broken, tell the flight attendant, but make sure you're polite about it. Because if you're rude and mean, we're not going to give you a free drink. Hang on. If my air conditioner's broke, and you're authorized to give me free drinks. Then you give me those damn drinks. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. But I'd be nice. <laughs> now everyone's going to be like, oh, oh, John, I don't want to fly, but I do want the free drinks. Yeah, see, I... I don't know. Nah. Okay, thanks, honey. I shouldn't say that. That sounds condescending. I apologize. Thank you, doctor. I mean, thank you, Stuart. I, thank you, flight attendant getting myself in trouble uh, meanwhile this is just something you want to share with people i don't think we have the same problem in canada but we might uh girl scouts of the usa uh they have a cookie problem because their cookie selling season was cut short uh, because of the pandemic 
So they got huge stashes of cookie boxes uh, that normally uh, would be sold in person. So uh, the Girl Scouts say they don't want any troops or volunteers uh, left financially responsible for having too many cookies. Like maybe they ordered them and they showed up and they can't sell them. So the Girl Scouts, they say, look, uh, we're going to figure it out. For example, in Atlanta, in that area alone, they have 720,000 boxes of cookies not sold. Girl Scout cookies in a normal year would not be sitting in this warehouse. What we didn't anticipate is how many fewer girls would set up cookie booths and go door to door to sell online. You thought you thought kids were going to figure out how to sell stuff in the pandemic when when Walmart and other retailers haven't figured it out. <laughs> you you got a lot of faith in them badges. Uh, one of the top cookie sellers, her name is uh, Scout Naya. Uh, she's she's actually surprised by the backlog. It's a lot of cookies. I did not know there were this many cookies left over. I think people want cookies. They just don't know where to find them. And I think that these cookies can't get sold. I thought it was really cool. I think it was in either Kingston or maybe Gananoque, somewhere in that area. Uh, the guy who owns a Canadian Tire, he went and bought all the Girl Guide cookies from his local Girl Guides, and then he just sold them in the store. And I don't I don't think he marked them up or anything. But I thought that was a cool idea. Like, that's what you need to do. That's the kind of thinking we need. Makes me feel good. What a great job you have. You get to tell everyone good news. Just restored my faith in humanity. Yeah, let's restore your faith in humanity. Uh, we start with our guy. He's a good dude, Dustin. Uh, Dustin is a grown-up. He is, you know, a man. But he still loves his mom. And his mom, Gloria, ever since she was a little girl, she's always wanted to go to Egypt. And she has late-stage bladder cancer. And Dustin rolled up to his mom and said, Mom, I got to ask you, if there was one thing in the world you could do, what would you want to do? And mom said, I'd like to see those pyramids. I'd like to see those pyramids. Ever since I was a little girl... I wanted to see those pyramids, Dustin. But of course, she didn't want to travel alone or just go with her husband. Uh, she wants her whole family to go. Now, this is a woman who's in late-stage bladder cancer. So, so Dustin, being the good kid he is, he works in, as a middle school teacher in Philadelphia. And if you, if you don't know, teachers in the States, they do not make the kind of money that teachers in Canada make. So he's like, I could never, I could never pay for our, our, our whole family. 14 family members. I could never pay for that trip to Egypt. I just couldn't do it. So what he decided to do was work for it. He said, I'm going to do a little side hustle to help my mom. So he decided to make cheesesteaks. You know, he's in Philly, Philly cheesesteaks, you know, sandwich. It's like bun, delicious steak and cheese bun, right? Like anybody could make them. So he decided that's what he was going to do. So he started a little bit of a campaign. He went on Instagram and he told his family and friends, like, look, I'm going to do this. He told his students, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be selling these cheesesteaks. Here's why I'm doing it. I'm trying to save enough money so my mom who's dying of cancer, I can get her over there to see them pyramids. And he immediately had a great response. In fact, one day he sold 94 of them in one day. And in six weeks, he made $18,000 selling these Philly cheesesteaks. In six weeks. And now he's got enough money to take mom to see the pyramids. And he's going to roll in some family members too. 
Uh, why this restores my faith in humanity is too often people put obstacles in front of themselves. Like, I can't do that. Or I'd like to be able to do it, but there's no way I could. And here our man Dustin said, well, look, I can make Philly cheesesteaks. Like, I can do that. And I can sell a whole bunch to people I know. And from that, other people said, hey, I'll help you out. I'll buy you know, some for the whole office. Hey, uh, one guy in a truck said, hey, come work out of my truck for a day. Like They came up with all these ideas. Like People wanted to help because he was willing to do the work. And to make his mom's dream come true, think about this for a second. Uh, and his mom's dream was you know, pretty hefty, take the whole family to see the pyramids. But to make that mom's dream come true, six weeks. Six weeks. She was pregnant with this dude for nine months. Her commitment was far greater than his six weeks. But he knew if he put in the work, he could make his mom's dream come true. So, Dustin, man, I love that kind of grind. I love the reason you were doing it. Restores my faith in humanity. I hope it does for you as well. Nothing wrong with just doing nice things for other people to make their lives better. Teamwork makes the dream work, baby. Come on. We've done enough talking. Are you done? done? I'm done. Yeah. And it's done. Okay. Done? Are you done? We made it. I appreciate you spending time with the Pole Position Podcast. You're always welcome to reach out. I love your feedback. Nightside at email.com. On Twitter at John Paul at J-O-N-P-O-L-E. And on Instagram, the Pole Position Podcast. If you enjoy what we're doing, do me a favor. Share it with someone you trust. We're going to take over the world together. I am John Paul, and I love you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much. Thank you very little. Thank you so much. No, I'm here with Eric. Peace. I'm out like I stole something. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.